As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, a good friend comes back from a long journey. Another good friend is in the studio. Talks about deck building, other stuff. Stay tuned. You're listening to 93.3 FM, CFRU. Uh, I'm Jack, and I'm joined with the lovely Kayla Campbell and somebody who's gone for a long time but is back. I have to admit something right before we keep going because, uh, unfortunately, we already recorded this segment earlier, but it didn't record, kind of the equivalent of having the lens cap on the whole time, which is highly embarrassing. And I'm going to try to keep the energy and the excitement <laughs> up, but it is just... But if we're all sad, that's why. <laughs> if we're all like feeling like that we're treading over oh, familiar ground. Should we give a thing. quick summary of what we talked about and then just move on? To just like we else. talk about something else. It's just this was brutal. Just for any if if anyone is listening, period. Uh, if you've ever recorded something and realize you didn't record it, and you try to go back and do the same thing again with act that energy, natural, act natural. <laughs> Honestly, we got to the end of the segment, and I'm looking at Jack, and I'm thinking, he's about to say he didn't record this entire thing. I know it. Luckily, Not it's only bad. only the front that wasn't recorded and it, it's obviously embarrassing so without dwelling on it too long but although it comes to mind do you do you guys ever watch a um ali g show do you ever watch that <laughs> yeah no idea what you're talking about you've never heard of ali g Bru- bruno you just need to let it go i haven't seen a lot of things all right fine you know this don't be surprised uh so there's this one segment with this bruno character where he's going and he's just getting these frat boys on a beach to keep saying the same segment over like the same austrian tv over and over but he's like more energy more energy and he gets them to do it seven times in a row it's hopefully we're not going <laughs> to do it seven times <laughs> in a row you did hit record Happy this time right it is recording okay. i can see it moving uh so as usual, we start off every show asking with what people have been playing recently. Uh, but we already know. <laughs> we already know. I don't even have to. So I'm just going to pull out my amazing Karnak and say, Kayla, have you been playing baseball recently? Why, Jack? Yes. Yes, I have. For the record, does he do it? For the record, Kayla's wearing a baseball hat, a Blue Jays hat, and I'm wearing my baseball shirt, a Blue Jays shirt, because we just came back from baseball. Yes. So. And the first time that he asked me what I've been playing recently and I said baseball, it was actually really funny. So just assume that it was... <laughs> Just great. <laughs> Let's everybody use your imagination. Imagine a really funny description of baseball, but like a board game, but not quite. Yeah, yeah, and we, we kind of riffed a bit, and I yeah, wasn't nice very funny, so, no, it's, <laughs> so it's pretty much Joel, the same. So. Yeah, uh, but aside from that, Kayla, have you been playing anything recently? Uh, yes. So recently, I, uh, right before a baseball game, I learned this cool game called King Domino. Mm-hmm. We, which we've talked about before on the show. Yes. Apparently, I'm old news. Uh but not fake news, old news. No, I'm definitely not fake news. This is real, Jack. <laughs> uh, so King Domino is uh, this great little game. You start with a little castle that you have to build in the center of um, an empty your space. Kingdom, yeah. and an empty kingdom and, and two little meeples. I'm still not clear why you have two king meeples. But, uh, Joel, do you know? Uh, Wait, king meeples? Yeah, there's there's two of them. And you really only need one. Um, so one of them sits on the thing, right? To, to yeah. keep track of your order? But then you move it know, to the, the other one, one. Maybe it sits in your castle. That's where I left it because it fits in the castle really nicely. The, really? What I was yeah, going to think was that maybe cushion. it's you're supposed to keep it in. So you, you're given two, and you're supposed to keep them in the first turn order immediately, and then you put your next one uh, like for the second bidding. But it seems like no. so redundant. So I feel like you no, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway. So the point is that uh, each turn you get a domino shaped tile and you're going to try to put it into your kingdom and what you are trying to do is match up like features so forests and plains and beaches together Um, and then you're also looking for tiles that have crowns on them so that you can multiply the number of crowns 
on those features with a number of feature squares. You're also trying to build within a five by five of tiles, which is apparently a very hard concept for me to to grasp because two games in a row, I screwed myself over on that. Uh, so I'm hoping my third game, I will somehow magically fix myself. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. Which is odd because we've played a lot of games of patchwork and you usually do very well if not. Uh... Yeah, I do usually do well at that type of game. I'm not really sure what I'm doing wrong. I think I've figured it out now and I'll do better for next time. Maybe you're more concerned about just trying to get the features and then you're like, oh, it's wait a second, possible. I have to actually have them in the right place. I'm starting in the wrong spot, I know that. Um, but it's a really cute little game. So you get tiles, and then as soon as you get a tile, you get to bid on uh, the tiles that are coming up next. Uh, so it's really adorable. It won some adorable German... It hasn't won it yet, but it's been nominated. Sorry, it was nominated for a little German the award. Spiel, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's real cute. I think Joel told Jack about it originally, and now it's shown up uh, on our coffee table. Yeah, so it's a cute little portal game. Everybody You're easy welcome. To travel. You're, can we play the Moana clip, or can we get sued for that? All I can say. Thank you, Joel. We're going to get sued. Uh, Joel, have you been playing anything recently, even though that you were not around? I lost at Istanbul, <laughs> baby. Again, you have to pretend Nothing that new. you have to pretend that we are excited at this news. But even even if we were excited originally, it's still not news. <laughs> no, it's not news. I don't think we were necessarily uh, excited about Joel losing at Istanbul. Well, we're just I, I, kind of like on par. Yeah, I was gonna say excited, maybe not. I don't mean to say like, oh, I'm. I'm, I'm well, there was a happy time that he lost. I can remember that you guys were really uh, gunning for me losing. Well, we uh, won the practice, and then I just never won you, again. You were winning too much. Yeah. It wasn't natural. Even though I think it's it's still, you've I think you've just ended up with bad luck in these times. I don't think you've oh, played think, tactically well. I think I kind of figured the game out quickly, uh, and then everyone else figured the game out better. <laughs> <laughs> it's really what it is. I, I just get lost like three quarters of the way through the game. All of a sudden, I'm like, okay, well, you know, my wane is full, and my I've got these three gems or four yeah. gems or whatever. How do I end it? Yeah. I think it's uh, until you start really s uh, striking out at Scythe. And speaking of Scythe, um, again, uh, the person we play, learned King Domino with, Harry, uh, he was playing Scythe, and he learned it, and he played three games in one weekend or one day, and it was, I was astounded because I think, I, I think I've only played Scythe a handful of times, <laughs> and that's pretty good. But he was finishing the game with 100-plus points. And, and What? And I'm thinking, what mm -hmm. what are you doing? How are you playing yeah. this? It's just got to be a really long game. It's the only it's the only way. People aren't going for stars. It's the only thing. Or I Harry's of. killing it. He uh, he played King Domino with us, and he just cruises to these very easy. Oh, finish with like just a million points. points no big crazy. deal. How did that happen? Is that I know. possible? He's just like cool, calm, and collected. He just like gets it done. I don't know how. I want to play Scythe with him because I, I want to see what he does. I, I know. I want to <laughs> see you guys play, and uh, I'd like to see it. But it's, he was mechanics. Yeah. When I was astounded as he was when you mentioned that he finished with points mm -hmm. that high and I said what do, what did you do did you play it right <laughs> and so well we just I think he just spreads out like crazy grabs millions of resources and he just I really paid attention to those end game bonuses as well with you different hexes are worth lots of points if or special types of hexes if you've got control of them at the end but anyway uh, so King Domino and <laughs> Istanbul for Joel I'm just gonna jump in and say I learned a game called Steam with my parents over the weekend and uh, you, most people would be playing baseball with their father or uh, maybe going out and uh, <laughs> doing something interesting. But I was sitting around playing a, a board game with dad and mom, and it's all about basically being a robber baron uh, in the turn of the century with your trains, and you're laying down track, and you're trying to squeeze the most out of your consumers and your <laughs> your opponents. And it's a Martin Wallace game, which we've played before via Nebula, a very similar concept of pick up and deliver with things mixed into it. But um, the first time around, I was uh, expressing how interested I was that my family was eager to play it because uh, in the past we've touched on how it's kind of difficult to find certain things, at least for my family, to get them interested in. And instead of retreading this ground, because I feel like it's, uh, it's not as natural, I'm going to ask Kayla. When you play a game with your parents, Kel, like what sort of reaction do you get from them? Because I know your father. I'm just going to say right away. He, the, what's the question he asks? Is this complicated? Yep. <laughs> and how would you respond to that for most of the games you put down? Um, so I like to choose games very carefully for my family, so that I know that they're not complicated. So things like Las Vegas, which is Las literally Vegas rolling is dice, so good. But anytime you pull something out, immediately oh, my dad, oh. oh, this looks complicated. Oh, that's confusing. <laughs> and then he, by the end, he loves it because he's destroying. Yeah. It, uh, so it's you just kind of have to like hit them at the right time. Uh, they're 
we played a lot of Disney Disney Trivial Pursuit when I was growing up. We played a lot of cards, a lot of crib, a lot of rummy, a lot of euchre. Crokino. Uh, we played a lot of Crokino. We played a lot of Story Trouble Monopoly. So I'd like to point out while we were on the subject that I think Kale's parents are Crokino hustlers. I'm pretty sure they're they're out there and uh, we can make them color of money with Crokino and your mom and dad are ping, 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 sniping those uh, discs. Um, I don't know what they're called. I can't yeah. remember. But they are surprisingly good at Crokino. I'm not really sure where that came from. But they are really good. Yeah. But it's, uh, what do you think? What Do you think you could teach Istanbul to your parents? Do you think they'd play it? No. My mom would probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also isn't super excited to play something like Dutch Blitz because yeah. it moves too fast. Or uh, she doesn't mind Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride, yeah. She's done all right at Ticket yeah. to Ride. It's, uh, Dutch Blitz is not something that I'm super fond of, but it's just because when I it comes... I am super fond of it. Well, it's like, okay, we played spoons with your parents, and that is something, again, I'm pretty sure I still have a small scar on my hand where your mom got me when we were playing spoons once. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yeah. It's, it's vicious. It's vicious, and yeah. especially, like, when people are fainting, they're, like, doing, like, the, they don't have it, but they're, they're like, like oh, putting it out there just trying to get you to yeah. grab the spoon first, and... Uh, they also love Pitt, which I'm honestly stealing from Joel because he mentioned earlier that his family loves or Pitt is later. so good. Yeah, yeah. Pit is a great game. My family loves it. There's a lot of yelling and good times. I want to steal Pit and make it and do something a little more complicated, but I just think it's. <laughs> I don't. I think it's perfect the way it is. Yeah, maybe add some more wilds and. Is bad Panic on Wall Street like? That's what I said. If you Pit at didn't all? we talk about this last you, time? You I mentioned s- it before. I said instead of like changing Pit, let Pit be and play Panic on Wall Street. Yeah, but it's Pit's like set collection. You're hustling. You're lying. Whereas Panic on Wall Street is 100 percent just people, um, and I. I only got to play with my family and Kayla once, and I really enjoyed it, even though there was some one glaring problem with it. But the the experience I want to recreate with a larger group that it's meant to, because it scales up to like eight or nine people. And if you have it set up properly where people are just, because you have two groups of people, you have bankers who are essentially selling stocks, and you have the uh, investors who are buying the stocks from the bank. And the bank sets the price of the stock, but you can hustle. You can say, like, oh, I'll buy, I'll buy these shares for this much. And the thing about the game is that the bank can take an offer from somebody else and say, uh-uh, I've sold my things to player B instead, but you can make a deal like close the bank. And then, unfortunately, it does come down the dice for, like, what are the stocks going to do? But some are riskier and some are not. And my brother made a killing on these risky stocks that never moved. They were just always producing, producing, producing. And... He did quite well for himself. But money games are from my parents That's and my family, just like something that just clicks, like Stockpile, which is just an economic game about the stock market. It's a hit. It's a hit. But uh, I don't know. Pit's a classic, and I think it's cheap, and you should pick it up as something to fill up time, and kids can get it too because it's just screaming and lying. But on that note, I think we are good enough at this point to <laughs> to... <laughs> Pad the show enough. This is getting really made here. Worst show ever. <laughs> Which is not, that's a very low bar, Joel. Come on. No, I think it's an honest show. The second half is good. The second mm. half, the first half is very meta and enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy but, the uh, second half where I desperately try to convince Jack and Kayla deck builders are good. <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't, I, I don't hate deck builders. It's just some, some of them, just not my genre. But on that note, we're going to stop here. You're going to hear some music in a second, and then the show is going to sound different. It's going to sound a little more upbeat, maybe full of hope and dreams. Before the but we'll do some throwbacks to the first episode, first part that didn't <laughs> that, happen. That may not happen or may not make sense. So just, just use your imagination. That's what you're there for. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening.
Welcome back, CFRU 93.3 FM, uh, University of Guelph. What you just heard was from Southpaw Grammar, Morrissey's Teachers Are Afraid of the Pupils. Uh, really neat little song, kind of scary and sad. I don't know why I chose it, but it's just been in my head recently. Because this isn't a scary or sad time because it's joyous. It is happy, happy, joy, joy time. Joel is finally back. The dark days are behind us. Whew. Joel, tell us where you went. But we play whatever we want, right? That's the idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you don't like it, just stop listening. Just leave. It's not like you're listening <laughs> anyway. It's like, who are you telling to stop listening, Joel? Like, everyone's right here. <laughs> <laughs> I, took a, I took a holiday that was a, a year in the making, actually. My, uh, when I got married, my mom uh, arranged for us to go into Europe. Uh, it was her wedding gift to us. So she paid for everything. She came with us. It was a great time. Uh, started in Amsterdam. I want to talk about the game scene in Europe. Yeah, this is this is very interesting because Europe. We've we've talked about this a lot on the show. Europe, center of most of these big games. The U.S., North America. We're we're catching up. The the Europeans have been doing this for a long time. They're miles ahead. They're miles ahead. I don't know. I didn't see kilometers it much, ahead. To be honest, I think it depends on the area. Obviously, it's big in Germany and mm-hmm. uh, Germanic co- countries, but uh, <laughs> Amsterdam. Uh, we didn't really find any game cafes, <laughs> but we go up for coffee and like a, you know a treat every morning, mm-hmm. and we walk into you know like find the biggest table. And me and Sam sit down and we bring out DC. People <laughs> you us brought DC too. with you, right? So we're playing DC. Yeah. Sam gets the Kyle Rayner win. Oh, come on. Did she get that before you even left? <laughs> yeah, she's on this a roll. Kyle Rayner is, is it's not as rare as I think. super rare. Uh, it seems to be I've happening more I've got about more. seven. I've played for five years, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Seems like people get it every time in these days. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Anyway, that was Amsterdam. We didn't do a whole lot of gaming there. We were only there for a day and a half or so. Okay. The uh, fact flew that you got to Portugal. Uh, Portugal had nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really disappointed. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a gaming culture there uh, that we could find. Maybe it's in Portuguese. We just couldn't. Well, that uh, said, maybe uh, they're busy enjoying like the beautifulness of Portugal. It's really <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the most famous designers out there, Vital Vital Lacerda. Pretty sure he's Portuguese, and oh, yeah. uh, he's done Vinhos, um, Kanban, uh, the Gallerist. Uh, there's a game coming out called Lisboa. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, I was there. Yeah, so that's uh, it's been delayed, but it's on its way. So there, there are <laughs> there are some Portuguese designers at least. All right, nice. But uh, we traveled. You know, we went to the famous castles off in the distance to mm-hmm. the beach, that kind of thing. We just we just kind of kicked back, hung around, went to some markets. Um, it wasn't until Slovenia where we finally found a, a true blue game cafe. Okay, what was it called? Um, Joel doesn't know, it was in... Dobra Poteja. Oh! <laughs> Which is uh, Slovenian for your turn. Oh, look at that. That's <laughs> no, nice <Aww>. move. <laughs> nice move. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Say that again. Dobra. Dobra. Poteja. Poteja. P-O-T-E-Z-A. Huh. It's a beautiful place. Uh, owner is super nice. He, uh, his name is uh, Yore. Mm-hmm. He wants to be on the show. I would love to have Yore on the show. Get the Slovenian perspective on uh, <laughs> gaming, gaming <laughs> culture. <laughs> so obviously I'm in Slovenia. I'm at a game cafe. Yeah. Uh, he comes up and does the spiel about what's going on. And obviously I answer back with, I, well, I work at a game cafe and I, <laughs> <laughs> like I've, I've traveled here. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, dro- we drove, we took an Uber here for 20 minutes <laughs> to come to your game cafe. Yeah. Uh, we came to see you. And so, yeah, he, talked to us for a bit mm-hmm. and then we went to play a game we actually found king domino and was oh sam this is the spiel of the r nominee we gotta play it uh i put it down and the people next to us who were kind of rejecting a complicated game at the time yeah wait what um, game was the game do you recognize it or did you uh, know what it was no i don't remember <laughs> just it curious. was kind of a mid-level strategy <laughs> mid-level stretch uh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of on par with Catan, but a better game. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we, not you know, difficult we've to never accomplish. spoken about Catan. <laughs> not until Let's now. Let's just like do like yeah. a Catan bam. 
I don't even know what. All right, we'll we'll get back. We'll get to Catan <laughs> another time. I don't know what to Let's say. Go back to this game cafe. Yeah. So yeah, so we're in the cafe. Uh, you put King we Domino down. King Domino and their eyes light up because I I'm describing it. Spiel dir, spiel dir, and they I guess they speak a little bit of German, so they're like, ooh, very exciting, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, so they kind of get interested and we ask them if they want to play and they come over, but then the owner comes in, oh, let's play a game. Oh. Um, uh, King Domino is a great game, but it's a four player four game. Four players, yeah. So what's the better opportunity to win Istanbul? <laughs> 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 I can't believe it. You went all the way to Slovenia and play Istanbul, lose. <laughs> like the owner had played once. Yeah. Everyone else had not played, and Sam has never won a game of Istanbul. Come on. Good for her, though. She finally got to win. Not, oh, she said that before, yeah. But she has never won. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, in true foreigner fashion, I say, listen, man, I need to know what's hot here, what's German. Mm-hmm. I need to know what, you know, I want to introduce something to my yeah, friends yeah, back yeah. at home. So tell me, uh, you know, what's a very Germanic style game? So he taught me Rhino here. Rhino here did actually come here in 2014, mm-hmm. uh, but it was nominated for the Kinderspiel DR. It was a kid's game. 2012. Uh, and in 2014, it was nominated Golden Geek. Oh, really? Never won, but uh, nomination alone is pretty good. So, describe what's it called? Rhino Spear? Uh, the direct translation I have here because it's really Knows cute something is uh, Super Rhino. Oh, okay. Oh, adorable. <laughs> but here in Canada, uh, it's the box says Rhino Hero. <laughs> Super Rhino is way better. All right. Uh, and I like the opening description. I'll just read it. Okay. To you. Super Rhino presents players with an incredibly heroic and regrettably heavy rhinoceros <laughs> who is eager to climb a tall building oh. and leap other tall buildings in oh. a single bound. <laughs> what? First, though, you need to construct that building. Oh, building construction. You've already got my attention. <laughs> Continue. So it's a dexterity game, as many uh, children's okay, games okay. are. Um, think about it as Jenga with cards. Okay. So I love building Jenga. a card tower. Okay. Um, half of the cards are walls, and you get to bend them, mm-hmm. obviously, to make the walls. Um, and the other half are roofs. And the roofs are essentially Uno cards. Okay. Uh, so they're all the same, so there's no color I need to put this on this, but each one has an effect. For example, draw a card, skip a turn, reverse direction. Uh, but one of the most fun parts about Rhino here, which is really a cool twist, is that Rhino, uh, there are lots of cards with a Rhino symbol on it. Mm-hmm. And when you play a card with a Rhino symbol, not only do you need to take the Rhino and it's a little wooden Rhino, it's, it's not too heavy, but when you're playing with heavy a enough, tower of yeah. cards, uh, it can be quite tricky. You have to place it exactly on the dot where the rhino symbol is, ah. too. You don't, have, you don't get the option to place choice, it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so it really offsets the balance of the tower. So, as well. wait, did you get to put the initial card down that had the rhino on it, or is it the person to the left that, or the, the person before yeah, you? Yeah, so I should say that every card that you place is a roof, uh, affects the next player. Okay. So the next player has to place the rhino. Then they have to build whatever walls are on your roof. So mm-hmm. it's not always, you know, uh, wall, wall in a corner, corner. Sometimes it's a single wall right through the middle in okay. a little V or something. You know, the stability goes down for sure, uh, depending on what you place. So it's oh, really fun. The object sounds of the amazing. That's oh, great. Why are we playing it right now? I introduced now? it uh, the other day. You saw it. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering why we're not playing it on air. How much we was should. it out of curiosity? It sounds very reasonably oh, priced. I don't know because Sam went out shopping one day. I don't. I don't like shopping. So when she goes, that <laughs> she she wants to go to a market or yeah. she wants to go do some shopping. I I just hang out, do something else. Okay. Uh, but she came back with it. So she found a game shop in Austria. Cool. Bought it there. So super run. I'm going to keep an eye out for this. It sounds adorable. Well, I have it. Let's play. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So, just one more question about this. That I'm that I'm trying to so you've placed a rhino does he become enclosed after like a roof like things have been built around him so you have to kind of like pick him up carefully from where he is and then the move walls him? are always going up so mm-hmm. he's down there somewhere but he is always reachable okay um but it's never the, like the dot was placed so close to something else where it's like oh man just grabbing the rhino is an oh issue. yeah it's tough okay um the object of the game i should tell is to run out of cards just mm-hmm. like an uno uh, I've never seen that happen. Falls <laughs> over before. Someone then. always uh, messes up. Maybe two, three player, two, three player would be possible because mm-hmm. there's less uh, walls going up. But yeah. uh, you know, 
there's kind of a limit to how high a paper tower can go. So, but it is super fun. Can't wait My to try main it. concern is people bending their cards because yeah. if you bend a roof card, That's it's it. pretty much toast, right? Yeah. Well, I guess it, what sort of stock is it? Is it just playing card stock? Or? It's fairly thick, but um, could you sleeve the roofs? That's not a bad idea. It would make them slippery. slippery. Ooh, really hard. Mat- super matted rhino. sleeves. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to get the the super matted dragon yeah. sleeves. Yeah. Ten dollars a sleeve. Dun, 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 Ten dollars a sleeve. <laughs> Primo. Jeez. Primo. Um, Sorry, right, so Slovenia, this game cafe, like, what's sort of, describe it, compare it to the game cafes we have in North America, because you've worked at two? Yep. You've worked at two, you've you've been to how many, and it's, uh, yeah. what did it look like, how did it feel? Very small, but very um, amazing, huge beer selection, like, you wouldn't <sighs> believe, like, you would, I was so, I, I really rant, I probably ranted him for ten, way too long about how we only have two beers on tap and then and we have three him. taps and then our third tap is kombucha. <laughs> it drives me crazy. <laughs> Seriously? I did not know that about the third tap. Wait, wait, yeah. wait what did you we say? We could have third three beers. Is... It's kombucha. Ke- what's kombucha? Kombucha is a fermented tea. What? Yeah, Who? you know, come on, you no, know what that is. No, it's no, no, it sounds... <laughs> but isn't it insane that it's in a beer tap? I don't understand. The tap meant for beer. Do people like fresh pulled kombucha? He was extremely sympathetic. This guy was, oh, I can understand your frustration. <laughs> like, because What's, obviously they love beer there. So is it more of a bar cafe though? Or is it like, this is the European thing I can't, I'm trying to wrap my head around is that when you have that many taps and stuff, do people go there and they, they go to get loaded and if there are games, it's like, oh, that's a bonus. Or do people go there and it's, some people are drinking over in the corner, some people are playing games, or, and there's some middle ground. Like, what's the, what's the atmosphere? What's the clientele, do you think? It's a good question because basically what you're describing in the second question is what we went to in Vienna, not mm-hmm. to get ahead of myself. Uh, this one was very much fashioned after the new game cafes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's two years to play, um, which is pretty cheap and um, focused on game events and mm-hmm. they they do magic and everything there. You know, they have all the uh, cyclical events and they're still trying to get more ideas for more. So he was very eager to ask me, what do you do here? And uh, yeah, we had a really good talk and a good time. And it is very brightly lit, very small. Mm-hmm. And the collection is quite small, but quite good. Cozy, good, great beer selection, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Yeah, definitely interesting. Worth a trip. All right, so Slovenia, then you went to? Yeah, so I'm going to wrap things up in Austria, which is where we wrapped up our trip. Mm -hmm. Um, My family's from there, so we drove up. At this point, my dad, my brother, uh, my brother's son, so my nephew, and uh, my mom were all with us. Uh, We all drove up. We had a great time. And then me and my brother and my nephew and my wife all headed off into the middle of downtown to what was the only game cafe we could find. Uh, it turns out it was just like you said, it was a bar mm-hmm. uh, that happened to have three three shelves of games. Um, problem was, and this is what we were talking about at the beginning of the day, they were all German. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but okay. How many of them did you recognize? How many games there? Tons of them, yeah, but all in German language. Um, and I'll I'll finish with the one that we couldn't play because of the the theme of our uh, our last discussion. But um, we we started with Carcassonne. Okay, Carcassonne. You don't need any language. Uh, that was fine. Yeah. I taught them how to play. My brother won. I think that's hilarious that you're game. teaching people how to play Carcassonne uh, on your right? trip. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> Just when things were going okay. But then I lost, so now I hate Carcassonne again. <laughs> Who did you lose? When you guys were talking about King Domino, I was like, this is not actually a tile placement that I like. Because it, it's barely twi- tile placement. It's There are well, tiles that you're, you're placing. placing a tile. There are features that you have to line up. And, but, and it does build something quite nicely. Well, but it's, I mean, really, if you wanted, you didn't have to line up any of the features. <laughs> yeah, you could do whatever I you like. I guess if you just want to lose, Joel. <laughs> yeah. You don't like losing. That's true. Okay, but so you're in this bar. Describe the bar. Like, what does it look like? Typical uh, European bar. So focuses on local beers, mm-hmm. which is nice. You know, they always have like three or four craft uh, from the area. So we got to sample those. I tried their sort of signature drink, which was this crazy weird blue thing. 
<laughs> how to taste. Uh, and then I just moved to having just some gin after that, which <laughs> is much better. <laughs> I think at first I had a gin and Red Bull because I was a little sleepy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what kind of gin was it in, you know? Uh, beef eater, I think. I'm beef sure. eater and Red Bull. <laughs> I don't know if that'll take off in North America, but there's time. For Let's the hope crop. not. Anyway, um, we played Carcassonne. We play. We went to play uh, Code Names mm-hmm. and realized it was German as well. <laughs> so we played Code Names Pictures. I was going to oh, say, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, worked out. And then obviously I tried, uh, because we were kind of, here we had done the original tile placement and they knew Catan, which is mm-hmm. the original. Uh, I wanted to, they love, they're huge fans of DC. My family plays DC all the time after I talk to them. <laughs> um, so I wanted to teach them the original deck builder, which, what do you think? Well, it's Dominion. It's got to be Dominion, right? And which is interesting because this is in German. It's in a, the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I was actually organizing my Dominion box because it was on its side and all the cards had come out. So it was, just went through and did it as an aside. <laughs> But we got it out, and of course, it was German. Now, you're not a huge Dominion fan, but are you able to remember what the cards did? Like, can you just look at it and kind of say, "Oh, it says plus plus one action spiel or something"? And uh, I felt like I was kind of close to knowing how to play, and Sam wasn't all that keen in the first place. Uh, Forget about it. So we put it away. I can't believe you went. You managed to get in a lot of stuff. So you did Carcassonne with how many players? Four. Four players. Any expansions or just base set? Base set. Also missing a lot. <laughs> missing. Oh, man. That was when you messaged me and asked me, like, how many meeples you were supposed to have. And yeah. the star tile was a piece of paper. Yellow had eight. <laughs> uh, everything else had seven. And then one of them had six. Oh, Nothing man. made sense. You know, I guess that's a hazard of having uh, serving liquor in vast quantities and having a game collection just happens to be nearby. And how do you lose the start tile? Wow, it's it's a tiny little tile. It's the meeples and the, everything else I'm more... Well, I guess it's all irritating. They did have a language-neutral game there that we could have played. It was Diplomacy. <laughs> I'm just surprised that nobody wanted to jump on it. Drunken Diplomacy. I can just imagine like a six-hour game. Is, how long does it go With for? your nephew. How yeah, old is your nephew? Yeah, three to five, I'd say. He's yeah. ten. I don't think that he would Old enough to drink diplomacy. in Europe. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, play Diplomacy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, you want to talk about Dominion? Yeah, all right. Well, that's a good launch pad. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. It's uh, Dominion. Segway. Uh, good segue. Is uh, Dominion... Is it a segue if you announce it as a segue? Absolutely. It's just reinforced how segue it is. Uh, so as I said before at the beginning of the show, deck builders uh, are is the mechanic we're going to talk about today. And deck builders are a genre unto themselves to the point that um, you can probably go in any store and find any deck builder types. And things like DC, for example, which Joel's mentioned. You have Harry Potter, which I think is going to be another just like license print money for people, even though I think it's come up in the show before that it's not necessarily the, the greatest experience for the hardcore gamer. But before deck builders got huge, there was one granddaddy, and it's called Dominion. And basically... Uh, a deck builder revolves around you adding and subtracting cards to a deck of cards and playing them in a way that you acquire the best cards that let you get more cards and more points before eventually winning the game uh, either at predetermined times like in uh, Dominion for example when piles run out or in other circumstances like in DC for example when somebody manages to get all five power rings and drops Kyle Rayner down which is just ridiculous. Um, but it, if you like shuffling, you're going to love deck building games because you're going to spend most of your time doing it. And um, It's the I one am, game where you really need sleeves. You need sleeves. And it's if unless you don't care about your cards, I, I've heard stories from people that have gone through Dominion decks because they've just played it so many times. They don't care because you can buy the replacements fairly reasonably for a reasonable price. But um, if you're shuffling stuff constantly, I think it just makes it easier. But... Um, I was going to say, I have a love-hate relationships with, relationship with deck builders in that some of them I find very engaging. Other times I just find it a very frustrating uh, exercise where I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels. But I guess it could be any game in that sense. But um, Kayla, what are your thoughts on deck builders? I am not a huge deck builder fan. I like um, games that have a lot of tactile pieces. I love meeples. I could just <laughs> spend my days surrounded by meeples. Um, <laughs> but I like things that have a little bit more to them. Um, I don't have a problem shuffling. I love playing cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think probably a deck builder that works really well for me is Super Motherload. 
because there is this board where you're mining and you're using your deck to mine and mm -hmm. discover gems and other little goodies. And I think having that element and not just the cards does a lot for me. So the pure deck builder is, is not as appealing as something that kind of uses, utilizes the, the idea behind it and introduces it to an actual game board or co other components? Yeah, like I've played DC and uh, there I've had a couple games where I actually did really, really well. Surprised myself. Um, and I've played Dominion, but I'm just not, I don't love this I don't love the deck builder. Well, Dominion is... A, you're not fond of Dominion, correct, Joel? Um, do you think Dominion is like Agricola and that sort of the person who's played the most is always going to win? Dominion especially. Uh, I, th I think Agricola is a very good comparison because both of them are the granddaddies of genres and kind of like... They're Dominion tournaments. They're Agricola tournaments. There's, these are games that have been played so many times and are so beloved that people will can really exploit them. And I think if somebody knows what they're doing in Dominion, they will just crush you. And there's there's terms for people who don't, who just newbies who do certain things. Like there's a there's a famous sort of pitfall in Dominion called the Village Idiot because there's a card in Dominion base set called the Village and somebody thinks it's great because it's just, you just, it's cheap and lets you do stuff. But then you realize at the end of the game when you've lost that it was just garbage. And it's, it, there's just so many ways to beat people in if you know what you're doing. But it's it's there's this random element, but you're just trying to minimize the randomness, which is I think the the, the deck builder aspect that you're trashing bad cards and you're trying to make it so only your good cards come out. But uh, DC, obviously one of your favorite games of all time, deck builder. What is it about DC that somehow makes it transcend Dominion or uh, something else in the genre? For example, like let's say Harry Potter. I think they're both cryptozoic. Yeah. Actually, Harry Potter is someone else, I think. Um, I should explain. So when Jack says DC, he means DC Deck Builder. That's just the name of the game. So DC's made a deck builder. Uh, they just call it DC. Um, and there's four games now. So there's there was DC Deck Builder and then DC Deck Builder Heroes Unite, which was sort of the game. And that's <laughs> the game that we've been playing for years and years. Uh, and then there was DC Deck Builder... Forever Evil, which is, these are all comic series. Did you like Forever Evil, or is that the one that like ruined it for you? Forever Evil is just really, really hard. <laughs> People can't get through it. It's still fun. I really enjoy it. Uh -huh. uh, but uh, not for somebody that's never played a deck builder. <laughs> yeah, and not you're not going to play it very often. Yeah. And then they went from there, and they got a little bit lighter because I think they realized that they were crushing everyone's balls, and they <laughs> played. They, You're allowed to they, say that. The last one yeah, they absolutely. came out with is uh, Dean Titans. <laughs> There's an, uh, before you go on. I, th I was just looking at the preview for uh, Origins, and uh, which is, or is it Gen Con? Gen Con, which is the big festival in the states. And there's going to be another expansion for DC, which I think is Birds of Prey. So it's going to bring in the, uh, I think that was a TV show for a little bit. But there is another one on the way. So you can get yeah. your wallet open. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I have just backdrop. DC is my favorite game, and I have them all. I have every little booster that they've come out with. I have every two-player or uh, two-player one-on-one game. I have every... You have Watchmen? Um, yep. I have every... Um, there's some co-ops, these crises, and I love it. Uh, but it's I kind of love it because it's a deck builder. And obviously, DC Deck Builder Heroes Unite, uh, if you haven't played it yet, give it a try. Um, the, what I love about it is the balance. And it's, it's kind of funny because we talk about Dominion and we say we're critical of it because... Um, the the more you play, the better you are. But is that really a criticism, right? No, I, it's, I don't think it's a criticism as much as it's just if you're playing against a veteran and you get destroyed and you don't learn anything, then what's... It's not super balanced. It's not fun. Dominion isn't balanced? No, sorry. I'm saying, like, it's not super balanced when there's no way you can win. Mm. Well, and that's the issue because Dominion, let's, something I forgot to mention too is a big difference between Dominion and let's say DC is that Dominion, all the cards you can buy are immediately available at every time or at every opportunity. If you have the correct cards in your hand, you could purchase the cards that are in front of you. DC, on the other hand, I believe the term is a tableau builder because there's X cards that will be up there in front of you and somebody can buy all of them the next turn. It's completely different. And I, th I don't know if, I think Valley of the Kings is kind of a, a different way to do the tableau builder in that stuff changes but you mm -hmm. can't immediately get everything 
you really have to kind of play around with where stuff appears and whatnot. And I'm not saying DC doesn't let you do any of that, but it's there's big differences between just like right out of the gate on how you acquire cards in, in Dominion versus DC. But anyway, Joel, you were saying... Yeah. I think Dominion was a great game, but it was a little... Um, dry as hell. a little slow for me. Yeah. Uh, one thing that DC does that uh, well that uh, Dominion didn't is a lot of interaction with your discard pile. Mm. You can imagine that uh, halfway through one of these games, your deck is getting pretty big and your discard is getting pretty big. So you can imagine that uh, the five cards that you draw each time, uh, maybe you like them, maybe you don't. Mm -hmm. But if you're advanced enough and you get the right cards... All of a sudden, you've got a card that says, okay, well, here you're going to play a card that says put a superpower on top of your discard. And then you have a location that says, well, check the top of your deck to see if it's a superpower. And if it is, you get to draw it. Mm -hmm. well, you play that and you play that, you combo, you get an extra card, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's just that's just a simple example of some of the elements in it. And there are a lot of elements where you've got four or five paths to win. That uh, if you played enough... Um, and everybody else around you has played it enough, which is, I think, is part of the problem with you two, um, <laughs> and other people too. Um, it is just wicked fun to see how people get on a roll. <laughs> Getting on a roll is nice. It's, I don't think I've ever won DC. I've probably played it, um, I don't know, half a dozen times. I've come close. I was so close to Raynering one game, and uh, although I no, hold on, I, I would say I won DC on your birthday when you did that tournament. I got I moved up in a bracket or two, nice. and that's when it was all right. But my problem with DC is I've just felt, and it's funny you mentioned that talking about Dominion and veterans playing against newbies, and with you guys just know these cards and their synergies between uh, the, these heroes and villains and things in in DC. And, and whereas I look at it, and it's I play it so infrequently that the synergies, it, if they're apparent, they're gone by the time I play it the next time, and Oftentimes I'm just sitting there just looking flabbergasted at what's occurred before me because I just can't. Nothing's clicking. I'm just trying to do something and just hoping for the best. And I really think DC, maybe more so than Dominion, is more punishing to somebody who doesn't know what's going on because in Dominion, everything is apparent right away. Yeah. You know what you can do, and if you can put it together, great. Whereas DC rewards somebody who's played it before, and it's like, I haven't seen this in the deck yet, so I know I can do this if it happens, and if it comes up, great for me, and I know how this stuff works, but... It's just my perspective on sort of the yeah. my personal difference between the two games. I agree. And it takes a certain, you know, if you're not enthusiastic about it coming into it, it's sometimes it doesn't really grab you. It's the same for any game, though. Yeah. But for me, I'm so concentrated on the game when I play that I know every single person's deck and what's coming in. I'm no joke. I know every single card that's out there. And so if somebody hasn't played something yet, like say, for example, you've got a Black Lantern core card sure, in your sure. deck and it's been three turns, you haven't played it yet. Well, if I have the option to play a defense or keep a defense, I'm going to keep it because I know that uh, you're probably going to try that's, to that's make pure, me pull up a weakness. Pure veteran <laughs> stuff. And it kind of goes like in Carcassonne, for example, to knowing when to put certain pieces in certain ways. And I kind of look at the boards like some of these more awkward pieces haven't shown up yet. So it's like there's still a chance you can draw into something kind of cool. Did you see the Carcassonne f uh, National Finals were in Toronto no. this weekend? I was kind <laughs> no. of tempted to go see that. It was at uh, Snakes and Lattes. Oh, really? Yeah. That'd be kind of interesting to see. Professional uh, or like top tier sort of... Uh, right. Um, regardless, though, deck builders, not for everyone, but I think in terms of accessibility, I think some of them are, like, it's, you just shuffle cards, you pick up cards, you read what what's on them. What other deck builders you like? Valley of the Kings is the first one that comes to mind. We've played, I think Valley of Kings is really fun, and um, I've got <laughs> there's two expansions for it, or just standalones. I haven't even opened them yet, but... One of them is supposed to be really mean, and the third one's supposed to be the best of the bunch, which is curious to see. Uh, Kayla, can you think of any ones, other ones? Uh, not in the purely deck builder yeah. sense. Well, Eminent Domain we've played a couple of times as well, and that's a space one that's yeah. very peculiar. It's a strange one that I don't understand. and Still don't understand. I still don't understand. I don't mind it. I don't think it's bad. And it's, again, it's another, it's like all the cards are right there. In front of there's you. actually a deck builder called Deck Builder, <laughs> uh, which the object of the game is to build your deck. Yeah. Oh, that sounds kind of cute. Yeah, you get nails. And it's very made boards up. Boards and yeah, very made. <laughs> what else? Uh, 
Oh, there's a bunch, but whatever. Slipped my mind at this time. Oh, in good timing anyway. Well, that music indicates that we've come to the end of yet another exciting all-star episode of Android's Dungeon. Joel, welcome back. Kayla, thank you for joining us again in the studio. Always a pleasure. Thanks I'm, for having me. I'm Jack. I'm Joel. And I'm Kayla. Stay tuned. <laughs>